morning, Joe. Sportsnet 5.9, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. I'm in the process of opening up a uh, GoFundMe account right now. I need, I need to... I don't have enough time to do my crude uh, photoshopping of Shohei Otani in a, in a Blue Jays uniform. Again, like, the, 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 the baseball one is tougher, considering there's yeah. no salary cap. It's luxury if, tax. At least you can squint and see the no, reason. You no, okay. No, and especially I when it's, it's also, yeah. I it's corporate, corporately owned, yeah. and yeah, it's, a, it's a little tougher sell. But I, again, I can't. I don't have the delayed gratification. I'm not going to do the no. Connor McDavid thing now and then what? Wait in four years for yeah. for it to pay dividends again? If you're only, just only three, <laughs> okay. If you're if you're just tuning in, and you don't know what the hell we were talking about. We're talking about the possibility of a fan funded secondary pool of money <laughs> to pending free agents to entice them to a location, I, and whether that makes any sense at all. I feel like there's probably a segment of people who are thinking what what I'm about to vocalize. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I feel like it must be said. Uh, these guys got enough money. They don't need right. mine. Right. I just feel like there's probably a lot of people out there screaming I, that and into I, the moon. I, I understand that wholeheartedly, yeah. and if that's your opinion, don't give the money. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's got a gun to your head with this thing. No. And I, I if well, it well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if the Connor McDavid one's like five bucks short. Yeah. Day of. I might be making some rounds. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, ends justify like, the means, okay? Like, is it like gross? Sure. Obviously. Guess what? Guess what, guys? A you lot know, of it's gross. It's 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 gross. Like it would be gross for yeah working class people to be giving money to the millionaire athlete. That's disgusting when you just phrase it like that. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. But you know what? It's kind of already happening. Like if, you if, pay if, your jersey, if, you buy your tickets. You know. I mean, what's what's a better investment? You eating in a week? You know, spending a couple hundred bucks yeah, on groceries to feed your family, Ben. <laughs> So we can all use a week no, where just we, so we look, take a look. Look, okay, we'll use a, a very direct <laughs> example of me. I've told you, no free ads, but I've told you about my favorite fried chicken shop in Burlington. Okay, uh huh. If I could just ease off of that and give that For money one to Connor McDavid, yeah. What What's more valuable, or what's a better investment? Yeah, food. Like, say you, you don't eat as well as you you wanted to for one week. And instead, you get to watch Connor McDavid. You get a decade of sporting <laughs> enjoyment that you wouldn't have otherwise received. I've to me, it's, it seems obvious. Again, ugly, ugly. It's so yeah. ugly. It's ugly. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Like on the surface, it sounds so bad. Yeah, it's awful. Ends justify the means. But if he's here, be pretty good. Uh, I also just wanted to read this from, from Joe in Toronto because it just sent me down a rabbit hole that feels very on brand with all this. This is already happening. Look up sports D-O D-A-O. So I did that and uh, they just advertise it as something involving blockchain and NFTs and I've never been out on something so fast in my life. Those are pejorative. Yeah, those, those are those are words. Those are terms that yeah, get people's immediate. Ah. I'm out. But you know what I'm very much in on? The idea of asking my friends to give their hard-earned money so that the Leafs could go above the salary cap. Yeah, I, again, I, I need a I need a more legitimate reason why this can't work. I, and and if your reason is yeah, again, the thing that I said is plainly obvious yeah. that it's an ugly look for working class people who have real concerns, and especially this time. Oh yeah, in human history. Yeah, but but. 
for Connor like we've who knows what the world's gonna look right. like in yeah, 2027. We'll be flush. Yeah, the 80s will be back. <laughs> you know, we'll be throwing cash around. It'll be, it'll be no problems. Okay, <laughs> probably that's the, the way we're trending. I'm sure. Yeah, four years. Uh, interest rates will be back to, to nothing. I got to renew my mortgage for then, so I hope so. <laughs> yeah. That's a tomorrow problem. But as far as today, yeah, it's, it's an it's an ugly look. I get it. But it's it's hard not to think about the ends justifying the means. Anyways, secondary thought. Uh, Leafs and Kraken oh, tonight. Right. Hockey game. No, uh, no Mark Giordano. And perhaps a a calmer Sheldon Keefe. I mean, that was one of the topics of to conversation angrier. yesterday. At, at least practice. Um, do you think he resolved something internally that like he, that was like a steam re- release that, that now he can go back to his more stoic look, which I mean, as we discussed, isn't really his, uh, his default uh, appearance or modus operandi. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he does get heated at referees, but generally, hey, you don't see that a lot towards the players. Yeah, that was... That was notable. I mean, we we certainly noticed it when we were in the building there. I I also do feel, and you know, Luke will will bring him in here. Like it's as as good a time as any. But it's just like the idea of if he seems just a touch more. And I don't want to use this word because it turns it into a whole maelstrom. But he does it to you. I'll pose it to you, Ben. You can bring in Luke. But the idea of does he not seem just a touch more confrontational with mm. reporters this year of like, ah, you guys are seeing it this way. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing that. I don't know. It seems he seems a touch more ornery yes. this year than last. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's bring in Luke. He's our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. It's Luke Fox, Sportsnet Leafs reporter who I was uh, bothering during a live hit on fan pregame at, 6.30 before the game on well, Tuesday. pizza in your gullet. Yeah, I was taking a selfies next to him, and, uh, and here he is on, on my very radio program. How's it going, Luke? It's going pretty good. Are you guys going to be in the building tonight? No. 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 Oh. Just, oh. A, just a quick little one-off dalliance for us. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll be back to bother you at some point, but not I, tonight. You know what I did, though, Luke? And, and you saw the, the pizza that I was eating. I did, I did three slices of pizza, which is, I, I think, frowned upon. Like, I feel like two, you're okay, but... I took the extra slice. Do you think wow. less of me? You're you're one of those guys. I, so this, <laughs> yes. this is. I think you're allowed two on round one, and then it, you got to wait for the second round of pizzas okay. to dip it. So, so Ben, you're going to have to go to a physical pizza pizza establishment tonight. You can't. <laughs> you can't just go to bread. <laughs> That's right. He's yeah. going to have to get off his wallet even yeah. and, and pay for it if he if he wants it. <laughs> yeah. No, but I if I can come to his defense, Luke. We got to the press box, and there had clearly already been a round. Mm. And he said, I feel like this has been, like, picked through a little. Yeah, I'm gonna no, take there was a no third. lineup. I wouldn't have done it if there was someone behind me waiting for pizza, and I took, like, the last slice and was the final three slices. But I felt like we were in a good spot. Okay, you know what? I, I, I accept that. Then. Right, that, seems, that seems socially acceptable, yeah. It's when there's a lineup and the guy goes for three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tough. That is a tough look. All right. Uh, to the Sheldon. Do you want to talk about the chairs in the press? No, we should no, probably no. talk about the team. Okay. All right. Sheldon. I have, chair, I have some hot chair opinions. I know you, you do. I know. We all, everyone who's been down there, we all have hot chair opinions. <laughs> Believe me. Speaking of hot chair Sheldon Keith. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, he Same was. Way. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. It, I, it's not. Hey, listen, they won on Tuesday. And, um, you know, they, they looked better in the final 40 minutes than they did the opening 20, which is probably 
why Sheldon Keefe was as upset as he was after they tied the hockey game and, and Tyler Bertuzzi did not get the puck in deep. But yeah, to, to, to Brent's point about maybe a different a different feeling we're getting from Sheldon Keefe, one, in-game, like we did on Tuesday, and two, in, in media availabilities. Luke, you're around this team all the time. Are, are you feeling something different coming from Sheldon Keefe right now? 100%. And it, it started kind of early, and it's, it's swelling a little bit. And there's a tension there. Um, you know, this guy cares so much and works so hard on this team. Like, I never question the coach's work ethic or desire to win. And what I think we're seeing is he's realizing that this team isn't as good as last year's team, that he studies a lot of the the underlying numbers, the possession metrics and zone time and the forechecking numbers, all that stuff. And he's worried. He's worried that this team isn't very good. And I don't think it's like, oh, my gosh, if this team isn't good, then I'm going to lose my job. I think he's just a competitive guy and wants the team to do well and he realizes they're scooting by you know they're 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 not dominating teams they're not putting teams away um he's worried about the defense which suddenly has three of its top six guys out uh the goaltending's been erratic uh joseph ball was fantastic in that florida game Mm -hmm. but but by and large the goaltending's been average to sub-average and i think he's a bit worried He's worried that this team is is taking a step back. And, you know, for for years now, the Maple Leafs have come into the season fancying themselves a cup contender, fancying themselves a a team that can win the division. They still haven't won the Atlantic division. They just won the Canadian division in the regular season. And I think he feels like they're underperforming. And this is is a time when they should be up and running. All their best players are in their prime. Like, they, they should be dominant. And they're not dominant at all. They're, they're kind of a, a just above mediocre team in the NHL. And I, and I think that's where his stress is coming from. So when he sees mistakes, uh, we see him snap. And he said it yesterday that, that he's like, I do that behind closed doors often. You guys just don't see it. You guys caught that one because it was in game. And I, I think he sees a trend. He sees a trend, especially of when they score a goal, they have this let up. Like you guys watch the games. How many times have they scored a goal? And it feels like within three minutes, the oh. opposition comes, comes back and, and sucks the, the air out of the building because they score. So Bertuzzi makes a mistake and he loses it. And I, and I do think certain players, I think last year it was Mike, maybe Michael Bunting. Now mm-hmm. it seems to be Bertuzzi. But there's certain players that he feels a little bit more free with leaning into publicly than others. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's a tale as old as time, right? Like, we've heard that sport in, and we've heard that story in every sport of, well, coach wants to make a point to Superstar X, and he's going to wait until other guy makes it on the video and then really, really highlight it. So I don't have an issue with that, but I, I, I'm happy you bring that up and just in terms of his demeanor this year. Because, again, like, it's just, you know, I'm not in the scrums, but I'm watching them all, and it just does seem to be a guy who's just been kind of feeling it. And to your point, it's not, it's not pressure, but, you know, we all watch this this team closely nobody more so than him and you know unlike the players the players are bogged of course they think about the team as a whole but they're worried about their game right Sheldon Keefe has to worry about it as a whole I I also wonder how much of this is him looking at the season that's been had and you know look Nylander's been incredible Tavares has been I don't know kind of how he's always been for for my money really really good and we just don't talk about it but the other two guys in Marner and Matthews you know they have had times Matthews more so than Marner this year where they're flying and it's back-to-back hat tricks but 
there have also been games where they haven't been that kind of truly dominating force. And it feels to me like the, the concern comes from, yeah, the team as a whole might not be good enough, but you just haven't seen those nights from those two guys in particular as often as you have kind of in the past. And, you know, I don't want to make it one problem versus the other. They're both problems here, but it certainly feels like it's highlighted as well that there's really only been one line kind of putting on the cape this year. And it hasn't been, it hasn't been Matthews. No, and if you just looked at the numbers and see that, you know, Mar is a point per game and Matthews is still hanging around the goal race, you'd be like, what's what's the big deal? Like, why why is everyone upset that these guys are still producing? But those those points have come in bunches, right? Austin Matthews had six goals after two games. There's been too many periods where they're not dominant or they've just been average. And the way the, the team has structured it, its salary and, and the way – you know, that th- these guys are positioned to succeed, they have to be dominant. That's that's the, the formula for success here is the Toronto Maple Leafs' best four players, I'd say five, throw Morgan Riley in the mix. Mm-hmm. Those guys all have to be healthy, and they all have to be killing it. That, otherwise, you just don't have enough money left over to build a decent team. You're, you're, you're scraping the barrel and, and trying to fill in gaps. Uh, so if those guys aren't absolutely phenomenal – what do you have? And and I think there's uh, this has always been kind of the the ultimate test when Kyle Dubas first structured this and Brad for Living and or Brennan Shanahan doubled down by not breaking up the core. You're kind of sticking with this formula, and if those guys go quiet for a bit or their chemistry feels off or you know you bring in a, a Bertuzzi and oh he doesn't mesh quite as well as as Michael Bunting did, or, or certainly not as well as Zach Hyman did, like think of all the great four checkers they've let go over the, over the years. Yeah. And they thought they could just always refill them, always refill them, and the big guys would carry them through. It, it just reinforces that hockey is such a team sport and you need more than, more than four guys because if, uh, a slight dip and other things get exposed. Yeah, I'm happy you highlighted the forecheck in there because, you know, they have guys who, in theory, should be, like, there's no reason Matthew Nyes can't be a great forechecker, but he hasn't necessarily He's proven it. He's a rookie. Well, He's exa- a rookie. That's exactly it, right? He hasn't proven it yet. He still has to learn that role. I mean, again, like, Zach Hyman, arguably the best forechecker in the league. Let him go. Bunting, you know, I know he had his flaws as a player. He was so good at that aspect of the game. And, you know, we talk about Keith and what he sees with this team. I'm really curious what Brad Treliving looks at when he when he sees this team and the and how aggressive he's going to be to fix it because he can't obviously he can't sit on his hands. One, you know, you, the team with the amount of talent it has, you can't just do nothing. The other part of it as well is that the cap space is there. He doesn't have to create it. And I know we're waiting for the certainty, but I think we all expect them to have that $4 million of John Klingberg's money to to play around with. But the question I have is just how aggressive is he going to be in fixing these holes? Because, you know, this isn't a guy who is in the, you know, maybe last year of his go. This is the guy who's the first year of it. And any move he makes now, that's capital he's not going to have next year or three years down the line when I'm sure he thinks he's still going to be the the Leafs GM. And the other part that clouds it is this idea of the cap picture resetting after Tavares' contract is up after next season and do you maybe hold your assets and your powder for that i'm really curious as to your read on kind of how you expect your living to go about that and just in terms of how aggressive to be yeah it's a fascinating situation on on a couple levels uh one thing that i, I 
this is maybe a sidebar, but mm. I'm just wondering if it's clouding his, his moves is he's already lost his first trade as the GM. Yeah. Like Sam Lafferty is lighting it up, you know, relatively speaking, lighting it up as a role player in Vancouver. Um, so he's already rushed one trade and, you know, it, it looks like he lost that trade right now. So is that making him, you know, take a step back and be more careful? You don't want to do anything irrational. Um, you know, I think he, he wants to give Sheldon more run and see if they can figure it out. But the injuries are piling up here now. Um, we don't have clarity how long uh, Giordano's out. Um, so ho- if it's only a couple games, then that helps. But but even if, if he's healthy, I mean, Giordano's supposed to be a third-pairing guy, not a second-pair, 20-minute-a-night guy. Uh, like, this decor needs help. So... Um, you know, how, how quickly do you make that move? Because right now, if you're the Calgary Flames, who look like the, the prime trade partner, um, you know, you might want to throw in Philadelphia, who have a guy like, like Sean Walker, who's having a, a career year. But those teams are, are still in the mix. They're not really ready to sell, or at least not ready to sell at, at a fair price. Mm-hmm. So are you going to give up a major asset? Um, and when I say major asset, I'm like, like, are, would you give up a pick plus Minton, Cowan, yeah, yeah, pick plus Nick Robertson uh, for to rent a defenseman? Are you willing to do that right now, or do you just kind of tread water, hope that Lagason and Benoit and Timmins can play over their head, and McCabe's okay playing the offside, and Morgan Riley can play 28 to 31 minutes a night, like, and you stay in the playoff playoff mix which is what they've been doing um like you don't want to rush it because right now uh craig conroy is not going to give you a great deal um so like i checked into this yesterday and right now there what i my sources tell me is that there are offers standing offers on the table for zadorov who wants out and the leafs are one of those teams that have an offer but conroy is just sitting on them because he's in no hurry right now uh, so it's this it's this tricky game. Like if you want to rush a trade in early December, you you might lose that trade. So it, it's kind of he's just in a bit of a bind. He's got to wait and see and hope that the Leafs don't fall out of out of the picture too much and they can weather this storm until Lilligren gets healthy, until there's clarity on Klingberg, and then maybe you have a, um, some cap space. Uh, and then there's also competition in the D market because. Vancouver wants a D, and they just shed uh, Beauvillier's salary, took advantage of the Corey Perry situation. So they actually have cap space to, to go and make a move for, for a defenseman. So uh, if you're selling a defenseman, why would you drop your price in something that helps the Leafs right now? Well, and, and that's where the six uh, extra points that they got in, in overtimes and shootouts have been yeah. hugely beneficial, right? Like if you're talking about a team – that's only sitting on 19 points instead of 25 right now. Uh, it's a different deal. Like they, they're they're papering over some of the issues. I mean, and the devil's advocate argument would be that yeah, despite the the counting statistics being there for Austin Matthews, he hasn't looked at his best, and obviously Mitch Marner hasn't looked at his best. And really, it's all it's only William Nylander that's looked at his best for the majority of the season. And John Tavares is kind of John Tavares, and. You're getting by with this makeshift decor that hasn't allowed more than three goals in regulation going all the way back to that Flames game in the second last before the Sweden trip. That that things are there, there's there's re, there, there's reasons to believe there's improvement coming internally for this team that's 
that is that is holding itself above water. That is on 25 points through 20 games and and third in the Atlantic Division. What would you say to a Devils Advocate argument like that, Luke? No, you make a point. Like I think this team is good enough to to hang in there, but I don't know. It, isn't the goal to win a Stanley Cup? Right, but, but we I all think- we all know the changes. Like there's there's massive improvements that need to come at the deadline if this team has any chance of doing anything this season but it's all about like papering over things being in a playoff position honestly until february i feel like yeah no no you're right and and i think they they can be good enough they can be good enough you're right uh but uh yeah (laughs) i mean it's it i think they can tread water i think they have enough talent um you know barring more injuries that they they can hang in there like look at tonight the team that's coming in the Seattle Kraken is, is a bad team right now. They can't score. I think they have like a minus 17 goal differential. They're on a losing skid. Like this is a team, even with their injuries, the Leafs should handle easily. And get, get a couple more points and, you know, just just hang in there. Uh, but I, I think the, the frustration level with the coach and probably the GM and certainly the fans is this isn't supposed to be a team that just kind of coasts or just hangs in there to the playoffs and then, doesn't have home ice in the first round. Like at this stage uh, in in this core's trajectory, they're supposed to be dominant. No, it's embarrassing. And, and they're and they're not. And, and the one point about the D, you make a good point about the D. Like they are allowing fewer goals, uh, you know. But their turnovers in their in their own zone were, were atrocious in that Florida game. Like mm-hmm. that was it. That wasn't good D. That was good Joseph Wall. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but the other thing about the D is they don't have guys that that spring the offense. And, and that was why Klingberg was brought in in the first place. Like outside of Morgan Riley uh, and maybe a little of Lilligren when he's healthy, like who is making that awesome breakout pass that springs the offense, that gets it into Matthews and Marner's hands with speed so that they're attacking. Like that that's the other element of the defense that I think is missing. Well, and I think that's why in a, well, perfect is too strong a term, but in this world that we live in, I think that's why they want to give Timmons a look, right? The problem is, is that they have like three guys like him that you want to keep sheltered right now. But I do think that's probably why they're intrigued by that. And they want to, you know, kind of give him the look because in theory, that's what he's supposed to bring. You know, the one thing I've been thinking about with this blue line and Hey, easier said than done. I know, but Let's just say they're able to make 2023's version of their Jake Muzzin trade, whoever whoever that is, of just rock-solid defensemen. Maybe there's, okay, winning pedigree. Maybe that's way too much to ask for, but has played in some playoff games. You feel like can help you. If you get just one of those guys, how much does that reset things? And I'm not saying that's the only thing they need, but I, I, I mean, I remember that Muzzin trade and him coming in and it really did kind of settle down the blue line in such a massive way. You know, the Oilers made it last year with, with Ekholm. I do mm-hmm. wonder if they're able to make that one move. And again, I know it's not easy. I know you'd have to pay, but do you think that that move, if they were able to recreate it to a certain extent, would kind of reset things in a way that makes you feel differently about the group or no? Yeah, I mean that's the big that's the biggest piece. Like you can't just bring in uh another third pair guy. They have a lot of third and fourth pair guys. Like they'd have to bring in a guy who stabilizes the second pair or plays up with Morgan Riley on the top pair and allows TJ TJ Brody to bump down. Like it has to be an impact guy like that. Uh you know, I keep looking at Carolina, but they they're still in the mix too, but there's they're always flirting, right? The Leafs and the Hurricanes. 
Brett Pesci's on an expiring mm-hmm. deal. Like, if you just had a, a true top four guy, not a guy who's who's really a bottom pair guy, uh, I think that could go a long way. But again, the problem is, like, how many more of your futures are you willing to give up? And does that solve all your problems? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, like... I worry about their center depth. I mean, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not completely sold on the on the goaltending. Although I do think uh, Joseph Wall is going to be a, a a solid NHL goalie for years. I don't know if he's the guy to to lead them to a Stanley Cup right now. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this. It, I don't know if this team is one move away. Even if that was the move, Brent. I don't know if this team is one move away from being a Cup contender. Yeah. And and you wonder how much Brad for Living also understands that and and hopes to be around for a while and uh, yeah that uh, every year is you you got to strike in some degree but how, how much do you strike with this group considering what they've shown you so far we'll see uh, lots of times to talk about it thanks buddy crush uh, a slice for us Luke yeah <laughs> see you man <laughs> all right take care guys. That's Luke Fox, Sportsnet Leafs reporter. He was our insider, and he was brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Do you think that's the best professional instructions he's ever received of go eat a slice of pizza for me? E, no. No? I don't. No? And I think Luke might have done it either way. Right. Although, like, and I also think he's he would have been upset at the way I phrased that. He's like, I'm not taking direction uh, from you. You told me to eat pizza, so gladly. Yeah. But I, d- but I also did, like, I when I saw the Sheldon Keefe thing, I'm like, hmm. You know, putting on my journalism hat, I'm like, you go ask about that, Luke, in the scrum. He's like, yeah, we were right. go- we were probably going to. <laughs> yeah, you did give him I did. professional I like, instruction. I asked. I was oh, like, we should have asked him where he was when the, the shootout was overturned because he wasn't with us. We're sitting right yeah, next to him. That's right. And then, and then all the media guys they are like, ran, hey, they got work to do. Were they in the elevator? I don't did, know. Yeah. Were they, were they on a catwalk somewhere? Anyways. I think, again, I think like David Alter was down by the Panthers' room because he was providing commentary from there. So who knows? I think Luke ate pizza on Tuesday. I don't know if you can have multiple pizza days. Yes, you can. I mean, I, you can. Buddy, I, I went think, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold yeah, on. You can. I, as a, you know, former member, I guess, of the Leafs beat, kind of, you know, doing pre and post. I'm yeah. there all the time. Sure. Not a lot of guys, like, if you're doing pizza... Uh-huh. You're doing pizza. I don't think it's like a, today I'll treat myself. I think, uh, let me put it this way. I saw a lot of familiar faces of like, mm-hmm. I see you every time at the pizza thing and no stones in glass houses because like I was at the pizza thing all the time too. So no shots fired. I'm just saying, if you're a pizza guy, you're a pizza guy. Disagree. I, I think Luke is like, oh, I'll do some pizza, but generally like I'm not doing multiple days of pizza in a week. That's I, my guess. I bet he. I bet he has a slice most times he's there. Nah, I disagree. Okay. All right. When we come well, up, I mean, we could ask him and find out, but I no, think we we'll won't. just we'll continue to have this debate uh, never be answered. I'm pretty sure our next guest doesn't eat. I, I know. For just, sure. just period. No, yeah. He's just a, he's like a plant. You just water him. He gets sunlight. You're like, here is some info from Fangraphs, <laughs> and he's like, whoa, <laughs> feel strong. That's why ready he's, to take on the day. That's why he's so tall. Um, <laughs> Ben Nicholson-Smith of the At The Letters podcast joins us next. Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Ben Ennis, 
Brent Gunning, Major League Baseball winter meetings next week. That's when things happen, okay? I've been to the winter meetings. I was actually staying at the minor Con- league baseball winter meetings. Oh, I was like, congrats. Oh, what do you want? It was pretty cool. It was in Vegas. I've I'd, never been to Nashville. I'd, be, I'd like to go. To Nashville? Yes. Yeah, who wouldn't? Um, well, you seemed surprised when I said it, so. No, I just didn't, I didn't know if you, you meant were. Vegas or Nashville. You've been to Vegas, right? No, I've told you this a million times. I had my Vegas trip planned, uh, and then COVID hit, and I had a child. So, what's the point in going to Vegas now? There you yeah. go. <laughs> I would say that there's even more of a point now to going to yeah, Vegas. Yeah, but they suck all my money, which makes Vegas infinitely less fun. And by they, right. I mean one. Just if anyone's out there listening, I do not have a secret family. Just one child. <laughs> right, very good. Or maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah, I've been to the winter meetings. It's cool. Like, there's just Major League Baseball players walking around. They are there. They're, like, sh- shopping their wares. It's it's really interesting. Everybody's just kind of co-mingling, hanging cool. out at a hotel uh, where I imagine our next guest will be as well. Uh, ben Nicholson-Smith, the At The Letters podcast. How's it going, Ben? Good. Yeah, yeah, good to be talking to you guys and looking forward to the winter meetings. I do. They're, like, a weird, weird few days in the baseball calendar, but... I actually kind of enjoy them. They're they're sort of fun in their own unique way. Yeah, they are. Honestly, one of the most fun things I did at the winter meetings, and again, I wasn't you know working capacity. I was trying to get a job in minor league baseball, but I went to like this is also where they the 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 people who do like the in game uh, performances sell their wares, right? Like there's like a whole convention center full Amazing. of people <laughs> trying to sell you like. Yeah, I mean, now it, I'm getting it, sold it wasn't on this. Red Panda because she doesn't do baseball games, but it was yeah, like people like that. It was that that was cool as well. Anyways, I digress. Um, Blue Jays have some big uh, uh, jobs in front of them to to remake this offense. They're they're gonna lose their third baseman. They're going to lose their DH. They're going to lose their center fielder. The center fielder in waiting is 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 obvious in Dalton Varsho, but they need to improve an offense that was just frankly not good enough start to finish last year. And I'm done talking about the oh luck thing with runners in scoring position because that did normalize by the end of the season. This is an offense that needs improving. If it ain't Shohei Otani and it ain't Cody Bellinger, I have a tough time seeing exactly what it is, Ben. It's via trade, but it's not like this team has a ton of assets they can throw out the door. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think, you know, they will start, I would expect, at the top. And so that it could even include well, Juan Soto, um, could even include Willie Adamas with the Brewers. I mean, those are some pretty intriguing trade chips, even though both those guys are just one year from free agency. Ross Atkins spoke about the urgency that the Blue Jays feel for improving the team in the here and now. And and I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is not a core that, you know, set aside Vladdy and Bo. There's Jordan Romano and Captain Biggio and Chris Bassett and Yusei Kikuchi and Danny Jansen. There are a ton of guys who are hitting free agency in the next two years. So, you know, we talk so much about Vladdy and Bo, but really it's bigger than that. And they need to make the most of this group while they're here. So to me, trading for a rental, no problem with that. And that seemed to be the tone that Atkins was taking as well. But there are also free agents that are really interesting. And I think that someone like uh, Reese Hoskins, uh, who obviously will not be returning to the Phillies, could be a really interesting fit. And there are other guys, whether it's a Justin Turner or maybe an Ahmed Rosario, they're not the most exciting names at all. Michael A. Taylor, Harrison Bader, they're guys out there that could just help a baseball team um, that are maybe that second or third tier of, acquisition for the offseason 
Yeah, they, they're certainly in play there. You know, I think the interesting thing, and it's like, you know, just to set the parameters on the discussion is what you said there. So long as Vlad and Bo are are here. What would you set the percentage chance on that? I mean, to me, it still feels like 90, 95% chance that both of those guys are Blue Jays. Contract status, a very different conversation, but are you still kind of big time leaning that way? Or do you think there is maybe more, more of a possibility that, that one of them has moved? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I say when those guys are here, I just mean as far as the next two years. No, no, for sure. Uh, yeah. But I know that I know that the trade speculation is is there for those guys, and it sounds like some teams have approached the Blue Jays um, about about possible moves. So it's not totally speculation. There is some actual discussion, but of course, it takes two to to really engage there. And my opinion on this um, has not changed at all. As I've had more conversations about this my opinion has kind of remained that they are very, very, very likely to be Blue Jays next year. And so I would be very surprised if they trade Bichette or Guerrero. Um, we probably haven't seen the last of those rumors, but as far as actual moves, I would be very, very surprised. Okay, what about Juan Soto? Like what, um, I, the, there's some prospects with name recognition, obviously Ricky Tiedemann at the top of the pile, and he was supposed to be a factor at the major league level or could have been a factor at the major league level this past season. Certainly this year, you would hope that he's a factor at the major league level. Aurelvis Martinez is making it work, right? Double A, triple A now, and he's still very young. Um, Those are guys that that could be impactful major leaguers, but could also be nothing. Like it should be also said that they could be nothing. Do the Blue Jays have the assets? Would they be willing to part with the assets that would be required to make a a Juan Soto trade work? Because that guy obviously fits any lineup, but he he definitely fits the Blue Jays lineup. Absolutely. I mean, he'd be such a good fit. Plus, you keep him away from the Yankees. Um, I presume he's hitting free agency next year, having you know gotten this close at age twenty five. Scott Boris is the agent. No reason to push that. Um, so I, I think it is a true rental for whoever acquires him, but. I do think the Jays can have that conversation. Ultimately, beauty's in the eye of the beholder here. Um, and we know that A.J. Preller, the Padres GM, has some unique and specific tastes when it comes to acquiring prospects. And ultimately, that might include some players who are deep off the 40-man or 17, 18 years old, just starting their pro careers. Of course, you're going to need a centerpiece. I don't think the Jays would do Ricky Tiedemann for Juan Soto. Um, but otherwise, I mean, you have to be pretty willing to include some top talent. And you know that the Nationals gave up Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams and just a huge haul. Um, James Wood as well in that, in that return going to, um, to Washington pretty recently. So, of course, the, the price has gone down since then. It's not quite that high. But I still think you need a legit centerpiece in a trade for a Hall of Fame player like Juan Soto. So I think that, yeah, I mean, if, if the Padres wanted to roll with Martinez, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of, I think there's a reasonable baseball case to be made for that. But at this point, that's all speculation. The Jays haven't, I haven't officially heard whether the Jays are, are in there. I think it stands to reason that they would, just given how thorough they are, um, at least have a preliminary conversation there. But of course, a lot of teams want Juan Soto, and I think the Yankees might be most motivated of all there. Yeah, and, and the Yankees, if they are willing to part with some of their top guys, like their guys are at the major league level, like Jason Dominguez was was there last year before he got hurt. And, I, I mean, if Anthony Volpe's on the table, same thing. Clark Schmidt, they have guys that are they certainly have more 
brand name recognition. Hey, if Relvis Martinez is the centerpiece of a Blue Jays trade for Juan Soto, no offense to Relvis Martinez, uh, I will be driving him to the airport. But um, to that point, like, hey, hey, there are intriguing young players in this Blue Jays system. And boy, Kevin Biggio sure showed a lot the second half of last year. David Schneider is a question mark. How much should this team in this window of contention be relying on or hoping on some of its internal solutions? Well, I think to some extent you need those guys and you know you're going to need them. And I don't really see a scenario where David Schneider isn't getting a lot of playing time next year, especially against left-handed pitching. Um, but I think David Schneider is going to play, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that other guys, whether it's Horowitz or even Ernie Clement or you know maybe a Barger, Martinez, Allen Roden, there will be opportunities, of course, for rookies on next year's team, as there are on every major league team, including contending teams, as we saw with Evan Carter and the Rangers or, you know, Corbin Carroll and the Diamondbacks. That's part of the the recipe for good baseball teams. So that will be the case for the Blue Jays. But I don't think you go into the season counting on those guys. And this is where I see the Blue Jays as a team that needs at least three bats, like maybe more, Um, because depending on what you do with Espinal, like they just don't, have I mean it's pretty obvious right they did you said it at the start Ben like they don't have a great offensive team to begin with and then they lost four players so yeah they they've got a lot of work to do here not a lot of players have signed so they certainly still have a ton of opportunities there clearly have some money to work with but that work is really just beginning uh, the thing I'm about to ask you about is far and away the least area of concern. It's the biggest reason for optimism, I think, with this team, and it's the starting rotation. But, you know, we always talk about things kind of normalizing over the case of several seasons, and, you know, we've had a couple of guys that have had very up-and-down years over the past couple of seasons. You see Barrios and Kikuchi, and obviously to, to varying degrees, but, you know, if this team is going to sit there and bank on certain things, you know, they're going to bank on X production out of Bo, they're going to bank on X production out of Vlad, Springer, down the list. A big reason for this team's success is going to have to be that rotation being dominant again. There has been some talk of adding to the rotation or just pitching in, in general. How do you see that kind of stacking up? And again, I don't want to look at a doomsday at all, but these are all, you know, outside of Barrio, slightly older players. Gosman only going to be a year older. We know about Bassett. And then I mentioned Kikuchi with the kind of, you know, tail of two seasons as, as a Jay. Just how big a strength is, is starting rotation for the Jays? I think when you compare it to other teams around baseball, it's a clear strength and a reason to be hopeful that they can really keep their team in games, um, just as they did this past season. At the same time, you can't assume that this level of health will repeat itself. Um, I think that there's a case to be made for signing uh, another starting pitcher, even if that means that you go in there with six starters and maybe Alec Manoa's option to start the, the 2024 season. I, I don't necessarily see that as a bad um, outcome, but at the same time, their needs clearly start on the position player side. So I expect that most of their focus, most of their money will go toward position players, but yeah, any way that you can reinforce your starting rotation, ideally that's a starting pitcher with options. You can mm-hmm. send some minor leagues, those guys are tough to find. Those guys are really expensive in trades. But, yeah, you can't ever have too much pitching depth. And the Jays next year are probably going to be tested in that department in a way that maybe they weren't in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a guy that can address both needs, although only one next year in Shohei Otani. Available. He's just, he's just money, I guess. Um, but if it's, if it's anything other than just money, it's hard to imagine the Blue Jays 
hanging in there with the Dodgers, who also are serial winners, and and they're on the West Coast. And, yeah, it's, there's a lot of reasons to believe that the Dodgers are in pole position on Shohei Otani. Honestly, to, to me, the Blue Jays' best hope is that they offer the most money. Can they do that, Ben? Like, where are we on Shohei Otani? Well, it seems as though, yes, the Dodgers are the team that uh, most people that I've spoken to still consider the most likely team to land him. Now, there are other teams that are in that mix, and the conversations that I've had with executives say, well, yeah, okay, like the Dodgers are the favorite, but you know, one, one person said to me, would you take the Dodgers or the field? And I, I said the field, and this person agreed with me, not the person who does not work for the Dodgers, I should say, <laughs> or for the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so there's a clear opening there for other teams, even if we all agree that the Dodgers are the most likely team. And let's remember, like, Shohei Otani's preferences are pretty much a black box. This is a guy who is an expert at living in the spotlight and not necessarily revealing a ton about himself or his preferences. You know, we've seen him do interviews with GQ and, you know, he'll say, what are are your 10 favorite things that you can't live without? He'll say his bat and his glove. Like he's not exactly revealing a ton about himself, (laughs) right? Like he has a dog. Yeah. And and the dog, but we don't know the dog's name. And if you follow Shohei fan accounts, which I have started doing, so you go down that rabbit hole and it's like, they're obsessed with finding out the dog's name. He doesn't even say what the dog's name, right? So this is someone who keeps his cards close to the vest and, we ultimately, I'm not going to sit here and say I know what he wants. You know, there are hints that maybe he likes the beach. Okay, well, Toronto doesn't really, sorry, you know, with due respect to, you know. We have a place uh, called the Beaches. And what are Cherry you Beach. About? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, not, not really a beach town. Um, and so, um, but again, that's, that's like gossip, right? That's, that is gossip. We don't know. So what we do know is he's an amazing, amazing baseball player. And there seems to be, in the estimation of the industry people that I'm talking to, an opening for for other teams that are not named the LA Dodgers to go out there and make a strong pitch for Shohei Otani. Now, Texas Rangers, Chicago Cubs, San Francisco Giants, they are similarly motivated and clearly have the resources as well. So the Blue Jays, as far as the, the people that I've spoken to, appear to be in that same sort of category or tier, you know, it, along with those non-Dodgers teams, but definitely ahead of the Mariners, definitely ahead of the Padres, probably ahead of the Red Sox and Mets and Yankees. So, like, in the mix is how they are seen. Um, And, again, this is not coming from the Blue Jays are extremely tight-lipped about this stuff. They are not saying anything, um, which, you know, in itself you could maybe read as, okay, they don't necessarily want to step on their own toes and mess something up, but that might be reading too much into things. so, yeah, as, as far as the people that I've spoken to in the baseball industry, they see an opening and they see the Blue Jays as one of the teams that could uh, push for Shohei Otani given the incredible opportunity that some team is going to have here. What a bizarre scenario. Like all these teams selling themselves to a guy that we're not sure what motivates him outside of baseball. Like, and we've heard he likes the beach. I yeah, But, like, <laughs> cannot confirm, right? Like, okay, it, it's just... Man, especially for a guy like you, Ben, who's an insider, who's trying to read the tea leaves, who's talking to sources. To It just feels like all the best insiders in baseball, no offense to, like, the stuff that's been written, like, it all just feels like guessing, right? Like, that nobody has – like, we can't even figure out his dog's name. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> experienced a, a free agency quite like this. 
but best guess as far as the timeline on this thing, again, it feels like things happen around the winter meetings with, with some of the significant free agents in recent memory. Like, do you expect by the end of next week we'll have an answer? See, there I would completely be guessing. I, no. I really would. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I hope so. It, it's it's going to be really fun. You know, We I don't even so. know I, who's meeting with yeah. them, when they've met with them, like if the well, meetings have happened. Like it's so well, crazy. This, though. Like I, here's, here's a guess, okay? Like given what we know about Shohei Otani, and again, this is someone who has a huge, huge media contingent um, following him around Major League Baseball, but also in Japan. Um, apparently a lot of paparazzi will follow him. So it's not exactly easy for him just to bounce around from Chicago and yeah, let's go through O'Hare airport and then let's go to LaGuardia and sit down with the Mets. And like, you know, that's not really, doesn't seem to be his style. So this is speculation, but if I'm CAA, I'm trying to make sure that he has the chance to talk to these teams. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, the blue Jays seem to be. The Blue Jays are interested. Like, that is a fact. The Blue Jays are interested in Shohei Otani, and you're not interested in a player like this unless there's some real chance where you're willing to throw down a record-setting contract. So that's, we, we can say that. That part is not guessing. That part is real. But mm-hmm. there are other teams as well. And if you want to have that conversation with these various teams, let's say, it's, let's say it's eight teams that are serious about Otani, then to me, if I'm CAA, I have those teams come to me. I have those teams... Let's say mm. Shohei was spotted recently working out in California. So we, we believe he's in California right now. So have him, have the Just team. Just like John Tavares, Ben. <laughs> have the teams go to Shohei Otani, right? Have them come. Don't make him run around. Mm. He's, the, he's the superstar. Of have course. them come to him. So that, I have no idea if that's happening. But if I'm Shohei Otani, I definitely don't do it in Nashville. No chance I go there and into that, you know, uh, little storm that would occur there um just have them come to him in california and make their pitches and then he can make a call god i'm gonna find out that dog's name i'm gonna get on the case here i can i can figure this out make it up they won't be able to tell you you're wrong (laughs) that's also true i mean ben you don't do that but (laughs) you ben you do that yeah with no credibility already ben yeah Yeah, i will definitely do that uh credibility ben thanks for doing this uh we'll we'll be paying attention we'll probably talk to you uh next week thanks man go scour all the beaches on earth to see if you can find them (laughs) sounds good guys talk soon see ya there's ben nicholson smith at the letters i was joking but it's like that that is the same agency as Tavares, and yep. that is what they did. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, it's like no, no. that's kind of the playbook. Mm-hmm. If you have a big guy, I certainly, I know me, I hate getting on planes. I hate leaving my house to come to work. Mm-hmm. So the idea of leaving my house to go to other people's work, mm. to hear about work, yuck. No, no. It, he come doesn't have to, to go me. anywhere. That's probably what's going to happen. By the way, the 2024 Rogers NHL All-Star Game expanded to a three-day event. It all starts with NHL All-Star Thursday at Scotiabank Arena featuring the Tim Hortons NHL All-Star Player Draft, the NHL Alumni Man of the Year honoring the 1967 Maple Leafs and the Canadian Tire PWHL 3-on-3 Showcase. Tickets to NHL All-Star Thursday go on sale Thursday, December 5th at 10 a.m. Eastern on Ticketmaster. You can catch all the action, including the Rogers NHL All-Star Game on Sportsnet. Shohei Otani is an interesting fella, I think. Maybe. I don't know. You... But, so but, but that's but that's what's interesting. It's like what why? And like you you like baseball, I get it. And certainly you can sell tickets on name recognition alone. But also it's not like Shohei Otani is doing anything beyond that. Because he doesn't want you to know. Like right. it's not a situation where it's like, man, we really wish we had 
more from Austin Matthews, but he does give us like on occasion, yeah. like he'll go on a podcast or he'll do a photo shoot where he's wearing weird jackets and stuff. Yeah. You're going to have the man of mystery just come in to the ballpark, play baseball, and then leave, and yep. nothing ancillary. And only to do that. one of the things that makes him special. This upcoming season, yeah, yeah you 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 would sign him to the record, of course, breaking contract because you expect him in 2025 to be pitching again. But there's no guarantees. Certainly, no. when you're talking about a guy having a second second yeah. tummy in John his 30s, yeah. surgery, I just yeah, I do find him interesting, and and. This is what I need. I need a nugget before I need something uh, no, to pull is, me back but in. But this is kind of this is what the best celebrities do, right? To create intrigue around yeah. them, they give us not a lot. We see this with movie stars all the time. Yeah. It's like they don't do interviews. Oh, it's so interesting. Could be anything. Sure. Maybe Shoei is really boring. I, I I think you just landed on it. But maybe not. I don't know. What a fascinating If there's anything in there, coming. you'll never hear about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's been Fan Morning Show. Ben Adams, Frank Dunning, Sports at 590 The Fan. Good, Good morning. morning.